this is Dr. Steve Vargo, Optometric Practice Management Consultant with IDOC, and this is the I Own a Business podcast where we focus on strategies to grow an eye care practice. And what we'd like to do in this episode is have a candid conversation about the state of the industry and the future of the profession and even the economy as we're hearing scary words like inflation and recession and if we do enter a recession, what does that mean for the eye care profession? So I invited IDOC CEO Dave Brown on to, to talk through some of these issues. So hello, Dave. Hey, Steve. Welcome. Uh, I really appreciate uh, being asked to be on um, this podcast. Uh, I know you're doing great work here. There's been some great sessions prior to this one. So excited to kind of dive into it a little bit and, and uh, chat about what's on my mind and your mind. Great. I, I appreciate that. And I'm anxious to get your thoughts from a uh, CEO perspective, so to speak. So from your perspective, let's jump right in. Uh, if you could, I'd, I'd actually be curious to hear your uh, perception of the current state of the industry. I think that's something that's on a lot of doctors' minds. You get a lot of different opinions on that. You put 10 ODs together in a room, there'd probably be 10 that say things are going great and or five that say things are growing great and five that say the sky is falling. So what's going well, Dave? What, what has, uh, uh, maybe talk about what's going well, but also what's going not so well in the industry. And maybe we'll start with the things that are going good and then we'll move into the things that ODs are and, and maybe even should be concerned about. But what do you see as the, the bright spots in the profession right now? Yeah, I think that's well, well, good setup. Um, you know, we we talk to a lot of our IDOC members, and I talk to a lot of them as well. And so, you get insights. But I've been reading a lot, as a lot of folks have. So I think the um, the best part is things are very healthy right now. They're healthy in the eye care industry. Um, we obviously came back strong from COVID, but uh, I hear very good things. And and really, one of the themes is technology and innovation and efficiencies. Uh, the, the industry continues to find ways to be more efficient, to bring new technologies, to bring better designs, be it for vision or for some specialty areas. So the patient experience, particularly in the independent eye care space, which you know we focus on and who this podcast is for, uh, continues to um, be, be a separator for independent optometry. So I think that's you know sort of um, item number one. Practices are very, very busy. You know, that, that is a rebound um, that has continued. I think some folks thought perhaps uh, that the slowdown would happen, but that has not been the case. And so staying busy, seeing patients, and uh, you know, we're going to get into a little bit of recession and inflation of how patients are acting, maybe outside the eye care industry to see how they might act within. And then I think the last piece um, continues to be about differentiation. Uh, that is what independent optometrists should focus on. It's what they do focus on. Uh, and customer satisfaction is number one. It really is, is the biggest reason why someone leaves a practice, why they might show up at your practice, why they stay at your practice. And it's something we focus on heavily at IDOC as well. We're, as you know, we're the number one customer satisfaction among alliances. And we do that because you need that sort of um, satisfaction among your customers to uh, to continue to have them coming back. So I, I think things are very, very bullish at the moment in optometry with storm clouds on the horizon. But when I talk to members, uh, they're busy, they're excited, uh, the patients have come back, they're seeing new patients, uh, overall very positive. 
Yeah, I think that was one of the most encouraging things for the eye care profession was how quickly things rebounded faster than other industries. And, and an obvious one that comes to mind is the restaurant industry. It'd be a rough time to you know own a restaurant in the past couple of years, but the speed at which the patients returned to the eye care practices was to me very promising for the, the health of the industry. But we also saw, as you mentioned, the practices being healthy, the benefit of practices that were healthy enough to withstand that, because you sort of saw this uh, discrepancy with some practices that had done things leading up to the pandemic to grow the practice, to have the cash reserves, to be able to withstand that versus others. You really got caught. What's the saying there? I want to keep it PG here, but you, when you're out in the water and the, the tide goes back out and then, you know, it, it's, there's a saying there. I can't think of it right now, but the, yeah, yeah. you probably know what I'm talking about. Um, what about the bad, Dave? There's, uh, you know, not everything is, is bright and optimistic. And I, the one comes to my mind immediately. I'll, I'll, I, I'm assuming it's something that you're probably aware of as well, but, but I'll ask you for your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think the big one, you're hearing it everywhere, not just in optometry, is labor shortage and hiring. It, it's just a huge issue out there, Steve. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's one that, um, you know, a Vision Council just came out with a survey from April 6th through the 13th. And I was just looking at that recently. And 83% of the respondents were independent private practice and 44% said they had hiring issues. Uh, they could not find qualified applicants. And the other interesting piece was prospective employees were demanding more pay. And that gets into the inflation commentary, but it also gets into, you know, it's sort of a, um, uh, it's a buyer's market, right? Or, or a seller's market, I should say. The seller, meaning the person who's looking to sell their, um, their employment, they can ask for more. And I, and I think that's a really an interesting question that uh, doctors are going to have to ask themselves about. I remember somebody once said, um, I can't hire, I can't hire. And the person said, you need to amend that to say, I can't hire at what I'm willing to pay the talent. And I think that's an interesting thing that I would challenge independent owners to think about is oftentimes we think about, well, I'm not going to pay you that amount of money because that's going out the door. But what about what would come in the door? If you're understaffed, if you can't see as many patients, if your customer service goes down, is it really not worth paying another dollar, two, three, four an hour potentially, or a salary or a benefit for that employee? And I think that's the challenge in these moments of, you know, as you said, preparing for the future. Or, and I think what you were referencing is when the tide goes out and you're not wearing anything, right? That, that's what you have you to be go. careful about. So you want to make sure that you are setting up your practice um, to succeed. The rising labor costs are a reality. That's a tough one. But, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the, the sentiment around the practices. And, you know, 79% in the Vision Council um, uh, survey said they expect their financial health to be about the same or better in the future. So it's this interesting dichotomy of how a business owner thinks about the short term and the long term. Yeah, it, it's definitely an adjustment that most practices are having to make. And, you know, there was hiring issues before the pandemic. That, that was the challenge before, and it's just escalated since the pandemic. And certainly the issue of labor shortages and people wanting more pay and higher levels of, of attrition and lower levels of retention in the practice have, have made it challenging. And I've seen practices go both ways with this. Some say we are just going to, we're going to up our payroll and because <clears throat> it's what we have to do. To, to continue to grow the practice and grow profits. And I've seen other, other practices scale back 
and acknowledge that instead of operating with eight employees, we're going to operate with six, but we're going to change some things. Maybe we're going to focus on a specialty. Maybe we're going to drop a vision plan. We're going to focus more on the individual patient. Either one can work, and it's really a, your own strategic decision that you make there. But it, it's forced a lot of um, practice owners as well to, to be better leaders in the practice and better bosses, because now all of a sudden you don't have that line of people waiting to get into the practice to work for you. So you've got to focus on being the best boss you can be, both from the standpoint of, of retention. You don't, you, it's not a good time for people to be leaving your practice, especially good employees. But the other one is just productivity as well. If you Sometimes you've got to get more productivity out of six people where you had eight before. So it's really forced a lot of practice owners to take a good look at their own leadership abilities. And um, uh, this might be a good segue into something we've alluded to a few times, uh, the in inflation, recession, things going on in the economy. A lot of practice owners are concerned about a recession in the months ahead. And I'm curious your take on how that could potentially impact the eye care industry. Yeah, that's great. And I appreciate everything you said earlier about people and retention and talent. So very, very true. I mean, this business starts with people. That's why at IDOC, one of our core values is people first always. And I encourage all owners to think that way. And your retention comment is great, right? You got someone in there who's great. Make sure you're retaining them. So, but with the storm clouds on the horizon, I, I you know, I, I actually have an economics degree, but I'm not an economist. But uh, you know, one of the things I was reading recently was, um, as you look at the news, there's a lot of one of the things that that people are, you know, probably thinking about here on June 1st is is uh, oil prices and gas prices, right? And so, all recessions do not necessarily begin with an oil spike, but every oil spike has resulted in a recession, and we're in an oil spike right now, seventy seventy dollars a barrel in January, up to one hundred twenty dollars a barrel now. So. A lot of uncertainty. So the question becomes, what does that mean for our industry? Let's bring it closer to home. Well, um, you know, you and I chatted a little bit, um, been around long enough now to remember back, uh, you know, 2007 to 2013. That was probably the last time we had some really interesting, the Great Recession during the middle of that. And the U.S. optical industry tends to align to the state of the general U.S. economy, but it tends to lag as well. And it's also the, 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 the declines that happen are not as severe in this industry. And, and we all know the reason why. People need to get their eyes checked. Their vision changes. People have to come in. And so that's, that's sort of the good news. But there are, um, there are things that, ten, that will tend to happen because of just these behaviors out there. And I would imagine our listeners are already seeing that, right? They're seeing someone come in and either saying something about prices or gasoline or whatever it might be. And, um, and you'll start to see that in, you know, can you just put my prescription in the same frames or can I buy six months instead of a year? Uh, so what, what ends up happening as, as we look at this picture is, you know, again, interestingly, right? If you look at the Vision Council uh, data, 64% uh, said the economy is going to get worse, but 79% said their financial health is going to actually be better. So there's this interesting dichotomy. So I think those who've been through this before recognize that even when you have the downturns, you're going to be okay in optometry. However, optometry tends to lag about six months. So if we're sitting here today, maybe not in a recession yet, 
but we're in a recession six months from now, well, that means we actually won't see it in optometry till almost a year from now. And so I think we'll start to talk a little bit about, so what should I do if indeed a recession is coming? And I think what we're gonna talk about is good whether a recession is coming or not. It's what you alluded to earlier. I think the last piece, and I just was reading through a Wall Street Journal article recently, shoppers are fretting, stores are listening, uh, Sarah Nassauer and Sharon Turlip, really interesting quote that I think all practices and practice owners and staff need to be aware of. And that there's a tug of war right now, this is the quote from the article, tug of war between the consumer's desire to buy what they want and the need to make concessions based on the higher prices hitting their wallets. So being empathetic, understanding what's happening, but don't be surprised if someone wants to buy that really, really nice pair of glasses or wants to upgrade a daily disposable, even in the midst of everything is going around. Never presume what the patient is going to do in front of you. And opinions vary on if we do go into recession, how long is it going to last? I think the those for most of us, because it wasn't that long ago, that two seven or two thousand seven to two thousand nine recession is, is somewhat fresh in our minds. It wasn't that long ago. So I, I don't have an economics background nor a degree. So, <laughs> but I will. Uh, so I will cite Fortune Magazine as an article I read recently at, in lieu of my, uh, it, it's not my own economics background here, but it was an interesting take on what we might expect in terms of a recession versus what we saw last time, which is the Great Recession, as they call it, probably the worst recession we had since the Great Depression. Uh, the big difference between the two was the debt bubble that we had uh, in a large degree because of the housing crisis. And that's something we're not seeing nearly to that degree. So I think on average, a recession might last 10 months. I think they said I might be off. Um, the economists can call me out on this if they want, but that one lasted about 36 months. So fortunately, from a long-term perspective, even if we do go into a recession, the economists don't think it's going to be anything like what we saw, which they've even referred to as a once-in-a-lifetime recession. So <clears throat> somewhat optimistic on that front. But if, if we did, let's say we do experience a continued economic downturn, which is a possibility, it's a strong possibility of that, um, where should practice owners be focusing on their time? I, we were talking before about, is it the time to, to invest into the practice? Is it the time to pull back? What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I tend to be an optimist in all things, Steve, and I tend to always, when I think about IDOC, the business I run, or any business, continuing to invest in the business, in the people, in the ownership as a leader, those should happen no matter what. Now, they're harder in a recession. They're, they're harder when, certainly when there's inflation, something none of us have really seen since I was a little kid. So these are interesting times. And I think the tendency is to, to hold back, right? And so What's interesting is in the, again, citing the Vision Council article, uh, on average, owners said they don't have any plans, any current plans to make investments in the practice. No current plans to make investment in the practice, which I think is a huge mistake. I think that this is absolutely the time to invest more in a practice or invest, as you said, in different things or different focusing in terms of what, what you're working on. But not everybody's going to do that. It's human nature. So you stand to set it, to stand yourself apart when you do invest in other things or bring new ideas into the practice or find new ways, new efficiencies, new technologies that we spoke about. 
All these things, uh, I believe now is the time to do that. And it's interesting, right? Again, you go back and 79% of the respondents said they think the financial health of the practice is going to be about the same or better. Mm. So if you believe that, then why would you not want to invest some of those dollars back into the practice uh, and think about new equipment or a new location or some things? And we'll talk a little bit about how IDOC is standing by ready in many ways to help in that regard. But you know, to answer the direct question, I think that it's now is the time to focus on customer service, think about where to invest in the practice, think about how to differentiate, which could include specialty or other areas to move into, and challenge yourself as an owner to lean in a little bit, because now is the time to do that. And I promise you, three, month, three years from now, five years from now, you'll be so glad that you did that. Yeah, I, I think following your optimism uh, on this is probably a wise approach too. As you said, what seventy nine percent? I don't remember the exact uh, how you how you reference that, but basically feeling optimistic about the future of the their practice, practice. Of their, their practice. practice. Yeah. yeah. So knowing that even if we, as we see these dips, which are very normal, I mean recessions are normal. They they almost have to happen. So uh, again, I, I think. Some people might be gun shy having gone through the 2007 to 2009, but I don't think that'll be the same according to what I've read from from economists. And I, I think when you get into these hesitancies to invest into the practice, there's two factors there. One is just financial aspect and feeling like, do I hang on to my money right now? But the other is time as well. And, and same thing we were talking about before, if you've got that to my example, a practice that needs eight employees that only has six has a doctor in it that's feeling a little bit overwhelmed doing a lot of the work of those two missing employees that that he or she is unable to find. So from a time perspective, I know that's an area that IDOC has leaned into trying to better understand that and not just provide guidance for doctors, but be able to connect with those doctors that say, I don't have time to do this. I need somebody else to do it. So that's IDOC services in a nutshell. So tell us a little bit about that as well. Yeah, super set up, Steve. So, so I, I, there's three areas that are critical and there's four services that we are, uh, and they're all critical. One is HR. So we have a lot of HR ability. You're, you're a consultant and, and you speak highly and talk to our members about leading and being better leaders. And we've got a lot of HR uh, capabilities for a practice to help. So that's number one. And that comes with dues. We've added what we call fee for services and financial in, in frames and inventory and in marketing. So very briefly uh, in the interest of time here, but on the financial side, you said something interesting, right? A lot of practices don't really know what their financial situation is. When they say that they're gonna be about the same or better, they're simply looking at who's coming through the door. Well, with IDOC books, we actually take over the closing of the books, but even more so, we will put benchmarks together to help the doctor understand how he or she fits against the rest of the uh, independent doctors out there. Um, we started doing that with practices and in every instance have found something that was incorrect in the books, which has been helpful for the practice. Frames and inventory, huge issue, inventory turns, the cash sitting there in frames. So this is a turnkey program where we will come in and take this over. So you talk about time, you talk about concern with employees or turnover, this is something that IDOC takes over and we take it over forever and a uh, great peace of mind from that perspective. And so we call that our optical services. And then marketing is the one, again, where this is the time to spend some marketing dollars because nobody else is. So you differentiate yourself and your practice becomes even more known 
and, uh, and your patients that were coming to you come even more, buy more when they see you or start using your specialty services. So it's a big part of where we've moved our efforts and we think the timing is perfect as well, launching in the midst of the need for help, the need for information, and also the need for more time we encourage you to take a look at the IDOC services that we're offering to help you as an independent owner. Well, thanks, Dave. This was, uh, this was great. And I think we talked about doing this more often. So we will, I don't know, we're at this point if it's monthly or quarterly, but get together and, and just chat about the, what we did today, the state of the profession, where things are going. Felt like we went through a little bit of a SWOT analysis today. The strengths, weaknesses, what are the opportunities that doctors have right now? And then what are the threats that, should we lean into those threats or should we navigate around them? But, um, you know, I, I think it's good for doctors to hear this and look at trends. You know, I always say, you don't have to like trends in the industry, just don't ignore them. And I think I heard that somewhere else, maybe even from you, <clears throat> but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's great to be able to get together and talk about these things. So thanks for, for joining us. I enjoyed it immensely. Look forward to doing it again. Awesome. So until next time, this is Dr. Steve Vargo with uh, IDOC CEO, Dave Brown. And if you want more information on IDOC, just go to www.idoc, that's I-D-O-C.net. And thank you until next time.